Welcome to The Shut Up Show. This is the Brave Solopreneurs Podcast, helping you shut up and make shit happen. Inside every episode, you'll hear raw and uncensored conversations with amazing entrepreneurs and thought leaders who bring their best work every day, despite being scared shitless. You'll gain mindset strategies on how to brave through your fears, tactical advice to help you define your shut-up moment, and impact-driven tips inspiring you to live and work on your own terms. I am your host and chief shut-upper of Making Shit Happen, Bernie Shum. Now, on to today's episode. Hello, and we are back. (laughs) We are back for another episode of The Shut Up Show. And yes, I was doing the robot dance horribly. I apologize. That's not my forte. (laughs) My forte is bringing on amazing, inspirational, and transformational people to talk to you about how to kick fear to the curb. And so I'm excited today to tell you that I'm bringing on another guest who was just as awesome as some former guests that I have. Uh, This person was recommended to me by our former guest and friend, Andrea Waltz. Um, She's also been on Hal Elrod's podcast, which Hal was also on the show, and he's also a friend of Andrea. And I'm just so happy to have so many amazing friends who are doing some really big shit in the world. So we have an awesome treat for you today. We have the one and only Honoré Corder. Honoré, welcome to the show. Hi, I'm excited to be here. Thank you. Yeah, I could read that excitement from the moment I asked you to be on the show to the moment I sent you all the follow-up details and then the moment I sent you the courtesy reminder. Every reply has been so enthusiastic. Thank you so much for being as excited as me because normally I'm the one who's that excited. Yeah, so if at any moment the the podcast goes away, I think what happens is we just spontaneously combusted together. And that would be the oh. first. Yeah, that would be over. That would be the first for the show if that happened, yeah. and I wouldn't be surprised if you and me, of all you know, pairs Correct. of people, are the one who Correct. break Google yeah. Hangout. Yeah. <laughs> so don't tell them it was us. Okay, fine. Yeah. Well, unless unless we break like a Guinness Book of World Record kind of thing, you know, then okay, I'm, I'm totally go with that. <laughs> I'm totally down. I'm down with that. So, joking aside, I'm sure we're gonna have more laughs in this conversation. But Honore, you know, you came highly recommended. Obviously, my former guests and and your friends. Uh, we talked about fear. We talked about how, as an entrepreneur or somebody who's starting a brand new thing in life, right? Maybe it's a personal thing you're going through how challenging those times can be because you're often gripped with fear of my goodness who did I think I was why did I think I could do this you know and oh that person over there is way more you know experienced than me and we get into this whole cycle of self-sabotage and self-defeating and self-deprecating thoughts and it never helps but then you know what we do it every time over and over again Honoré Yes. So, so we have you on to talk about that a little bit more. But before we dive into the topic, I want you to share with our listeners who you are and the journey that it took for you to get here. Oh, okay. So this is the nine-hour show. Okay, awesome. <laughs> the nine-hour show just for you. <laughs> nine-hour shut-up show on Ray's journey. Um, well, I am for money. I do executive coaching, training, motivational speaking, and I write books. Uh, but I'm also, I think above all of that, I'm a, a wife and a mom and a friend 
and a voracious reader, and I love to travel, and I'm learning Spanish, but don't say anything to me in Spanish if you happen to know it, because chances are you'll speak too fast and I won't understand what you're saying yet. Um, my journey to, to getting here was I was raised by entrepreneurial parents, and my dad always said, if you're working for the man, you're working for the pharaoh, somebody's going to get rich, baby, and it sure shit ain't going to be you. <laughs> so, so I was like, oh, okay, right on. So I need to work for myself. And yet I went through all those stages of who do I, who am I to think that I could be an entrepreneur and that's what other people do. And even just having published a dozen books, I, it took until my seventh book before someone very close to me said, you know, you are an author, you are a writer. And I was like, well, no, no, authors and writers are people who have big book deals with big publishers and went to NYU and got a journalism degree. I'm just honorary from Ohio who writes books and publishes them on Amazon. So there's a distinction, and I finally had some pretty awesome people say, no, actually you're a capital W writer and author, and you should own that. And I was like, oh, okay, right on. So everyone has the monkey mind. Everyone has that fear that they're an imposter, and someone's going to pull back the curtain and go, what are you doing here? Who let you in? So my journey has been entrepreneur-based pretty much my entire adult life, save a few years that I lived in the corporate world, and it was really quiet. That <laughs> offices right. are really quiet. And I'm not really quiet. I just did not fit in. And so I was almost forced upon me to start my own businesses because I'm not afraid of hard work. I was afraid of working hard and not getting paid. And in the few jobs that I had, I always did other people's work because I got my work done. And yet I didn't get other people's paychecks. And I was kind of irritated <laughs> about that. Right. Right. I love that because it reminds me of what somebody, I, I think uh, my, my former co-host, Phil, I think he said something like, if I'm going to work 12 hours a day anyway, I want to be able to choose how I spend those 12 hours. And, well, and, and which 12 hours they are. And which 12 hours they are, exactly. <laughs> because I, I think there's this misconception that once you're an entrepreneur, you work all the time. But, but you're right. I mean, when I was in corporate sales uh, about six, seven years ago, I was working probably 60, 70 hours a week, um, way more than I work now, right? But right. but I couldn't choose those hours. And like you said, I was doing things outside of my job description. Somebody else was getting paid for it. Now, everything I put into my business, everything I do goes back into me and my business, even yes. if it is time, money, or whatnot. So right. I love that you brought that up. I think that's such a great reminder. I'm not afraid to work hard, but I want to work you know, for me, and I want to make yeah. sure it goes towards something that, that I build. Yeah, um, and ultimately people that are employed or have just started their venture, don't. I don't think they make that connection in their mind. Like right. you're working hard and you have some kind of false safety of the paycheck, but there is no safety because at any moment someone can come to you and say, and today's your last day, congratulations, and here's your severance package. And it happens every day and twice on Sunday. Right, where you know someone who had a safe corporate job, they were enrolled in, I'm just going to stay here and I'm going to play it safe, and yet I think working for yourself is actually the safest route to go, because you control your psychology, you control where you spend your time, you control what you're doing, you're driving it, and some people, that scares them, and yet they don't realize how much power that actually gives them. It ultimately gives you the most power, I think. You know, the other intriguing thing about your story, there, there's two things I hear from it. Um, I really love the first story you kicked off with saying that you've, you've authored over 12 different books, but even 
with all of that experience and expertise, you're like, oh, I'm, I'm an author? What? You know? So, what? so, yeah. so yeah. So, so well, let's pause there for a second. But then you just said something else too. You said you came from an entrepreneurial family. So you're not new to entrepreneurship in terms of seeing no. your parents raise you Correct. in a household of entrepreneurs. But yet, you still didn't think you were good enough. So it, it definitely does go back to the imposter syndrome. And I think it also even goes back to the whole, I'm not good enough to be whatever I, I think I am. Right. Um, yeah, and I made and, it up. I made it up because right, my parents right. were degreed professionals, so they could make the choice. I didn't go to right. college. I barely made it out of high school. They were like, okay, we're just going to let you out. We're just going to give you this piece of paper so you can stop being a pain in our butt. So you just go off and good luck to you. Right? <laughs> I'm, sure, right. I'm sure all the stuff I've done has been a little surprising for some people, right. <laughs> probably everybody. Um, so, but, so, so with that theme playing out so much, Honoré, like, like how did you break through that? How did you break through the whole, this isn't for me, I'm not good enough, only they can do it, I can't. How did you finally get to that, that moment of reckoning where you're like, you know what, screw that. This is my moment, I'm going to um, choose this. Yes, well, that's a great question. I had someone ask me that the other day, so I have the answer. I don't even have to oh, yes. about it. Yes. <laughs> um, I chose to believe when I listen to motivational speakers, specifically Tony Robbins in this particular case, Tony Robbins will say on his tapes, you can have to be and create anything and everything that you want in life. You just have to believe it and you have to act upon it. You have to have the right plan. And I was like, okay, well, he's the expert. Look at him. He's up on the stage. Look at all those teeth, man. He's very tall. <laughs> he clearly must be the expert. I chose to listen to his voice in my head telling me I could do it when my own voice in my head said that I couldn't do it. And that's the gift that I give to the people that I work with. That's the gift that I try to give to them. Is I am, that is my, the underlying theme for all of the work that I do, all of the books that I write, every conversation that I have, is I want to impart to someone that those words. Yes, you can absolutely do it, and let me be the voice in your head saying that you can do it, and that I see potential in you even when you don't see that potential in yourself. And that actually was something that happened to me before I ever got into what I was doing. Somebody said to me, well, you told my friend that she could run a marathon and you told her basically how to do it. And so that's the answer. When your voice tells you you can't, get somebody to tell you you can and put them on repeat until you believe it. And that was what I did. So that's my answer to you is how did I do it? I chose to listen to someone else's voice until my voice was strong enough that I went, oh, okay, I guess everything is pointing to the fact that I can actually do it. So I might as well just own it and get out of my own way. I love that. You know, so, so finding a resource um, to give you the strength and the courage that you, if you maybe model after them or if they even just help you build that confidence, yeah. you can do anything that you want. But here, here's the tough part that I find for a lot of people. This has happened to some people I've worked with in the past. This has happened to myself until I was ready to accept it. Hmm. How do you help somebody then who's not ready to go and find the resource themselves or to take that initiative or maybe they don't even have the confidence on array. And I'll give you an example. I mean, there, there have been people in my life who have been, you know, abused, whether emotionally or physically, and they know it's wrong. They know it's bad. It hurts them every time, more emotionally really than physically. But 
I love him. I want to stay with him. He's he's going to change, or things will get better, right? And 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 they talk themselves into the story every day. And can these people be helped? I mean, what do you what do you think about that? How do we help those people break through so they can accept other resources? Well, I actually have someone in my life right now. Are you talking to this? <laughs> <laughs> and wow. I, so I can't say I can't say that I'm the perfect model for it. But kind of stepping back and not from a non-emotional involvement perspective. The best way to help someone like that is to create the space because if they feel the judgment, they won't talk to you about it. So it's creating the space and saying to them, I see the best for you. I think you're amazing, wonderful, and terrific. I don't know necessarily that you're in an environment where that is in alignment with those things that I see. So I just wanted to point that out to you. I'm going to say it one time, and then I'm going to let you know that I am here for you to support you and love you until such time that you are ever ready to make a change. And some people, it takes a really long time. And for some people, they will stay in that situation until the other person is the catalyst. Right. Right? right. So it, so I said to someone recently, I said, listen, I have a deal with the universe because I used to get the feather, the book, the brick, and the Mack truck. The universe would give me signals. Honore, you should go this direction. I go, no, no, no. I'm good. I'm good right here. I'm going to stay right here. And then I would eventually get the Mack truck. So I kind of have a prayer that says, okay, give me the feather a few times <laughs> so I can make the change without getting run over by the truck and then creating that space. But I said, that's what happens, right? You will get the signs that it's time to move. And if you don't move, you will be moved. <laughs> so if you don't leave, if you really want to be an entrepreneur and it's all you've ever wanted to do, but you've stayed in the safety, of your position because of your fear, eventually someone's going to fire you because you're going to mess up something, you're going to make a mistake, you know, by accident, right? Something's going to go wrong and it's going to force you into where you want to be. So you can either do it of your own volition or volition is going to step in right. <laughs> and whoop on you. And right. it's more painful. The truck is more painful. I'm just saying. Right. I. So, Gosh, I love this. I seriously, I love, I love the way you're explaining it because you can kind of visually, you can visually see oh, yeah. it, right? Yeah. It makes it so much easier to digest. I and, have a dent right there. <laughs> <laughs> and, okay. and, and as I think about this, you know, our conversation in the context of entrepreneurship, you know, and, and we're going to go back and use, you know, the analogy of, of a, let's say a battered wife or something. Um, and, and, I hate that I pick such a harsh topic to talk about, but I can't tell you enough how often that really does parallel with entrepreneurship. And and I think it's if you if you work on yourself long enough, if you find resources who will help you, not hinder you, and if you trust the process and you gain the experience and you build that confidence, yep. it's like you're creating this launching pad so that when you're ready to do whatever it is, what, what you know, for the, for the wife, it would be leave him for, for the business owner. It'll be your business is finally going to take off by year five, right? Yep. You will be ready to handle it because you've been building and building and growing and the foundation will be much more stable and strong when you're finally ready for liftoff. And, and I feel like many times we, we get, you know, to that kind of that, that crossroads where we're feeling that fear where we're almost there on but but some people choose to go back because they're like, oh, it, I'm not getting anywhere. They didn't see how much progress they've made, right? right. They didn't right. see that that just one more block down the road, they're there. And many people, that's when they give up or, or turn around. 11th hour. 
right, or what we call failure, and I believe right. that failure only happens to give up and you never get back up and try again. That's Otherwise, right. outside of that, I don't think failing is bad. It, it definitely is a, it's, it's a process, yeah. and it takes time to work through anything that you want to change or transform in your life. So I'm really curious to find out how you got into the work that you do. And I know I've in, in doing my stalking of, of oh. you and your background, okay. <laughs> in a good way, of course. Yes, I'm a stalker um, for some awesome people, too. I totally get yes. it. I mean, no harm. I'm just a fan. <laughs> Nothing will hurt you. I promise. I, I do know you have a very beautiful and touching story, and, and feel free to dive into that story if you'd like to. But what I really want to know is how you came to choose this work that you do. I mean, I know you've authored more than a dozen books. You're an executive and business coach. You're a serial entrepreneur. But how did you get into this business of helping people transform their lives and become a better version of themselves? Um, again, the eight-hour show. Um, <laughs> I, I, I didn't choose the work. I think the work chose me. I think I've been doing the work for much longer than I've been, in, been getting paid to do the work. I think you, you're, I think we're all given a gift of some kind. And whether we use that gift or we don't use that gift is up to us. We're just kind of plopped down here. Um, I was abused as a kid. So that's the first part of my story. So self, zero self-esteem was my first goal. I didn't want to feel good about myself. I just didn't want to feel bad. So that was the first goal. I ended up being on my own at 16, and then I got married at 24, and I ended up divorced with a small child. So that was my second big challenge, but I just wrote a book and released a book called If Divorce is a Game, These are the Rules, and the book is for the person who is going through a divorce. Like, the ship has sailed. We're not going to reconcile, or within the first couple of years uh, after getting a divorce, just kind of how to pull yourself back up and, and get control um, of your mind, emotions, life, etc. And I feel like I had to go through everything that I've been through in order to help people. Because if you don't have an understanding, and I heard this on a podcast I was listening to this morning, someone said the difference between advice and counsel is advice is what someone gives you when they think they know what you're going through, and counsel is the advice that someone gives you when they've been in your shoes. And I prefer to counsel because I can say, oh, you want to write a book, here are the things you need to do. Oh, you want to build a successful business, here are the things you need to do. And I can speak from real life experience, not from, I read about it in Seven Habits of Highly Successful People, so I'm kind of sure this is what you should do, but I'm just going to sit over here and hope for you <laughs> that it works. You know, I, I seriously, I, I love what you're all about, and, and here's the reason why. Um, in one of the, the, I think there was a podcast that you were on uh, not too long ago, you were talking about your book, and you talked about how the reason you wrote the book was because a book like that didn't exist. You needed it, and you looked for it, <laughs> and it wasn't there. So so instead of the whole, damn it, that sucks, you know, like back to my old life, yep. you decided to innovate and create the book that doesn't exist because you knew there was a need for it. But even greater than that, you personally went through the hardship that created the space for you to say, hey, I'm qualified to write about this and share this information with you and help you, fellow person, who now is also going through something that I've been through. Does that happen naturally to you? I mean, kind of take me through this whole creative process, Honoré. That happens to me too, but not 12 times. So. Oh, 
Well, so the first book that I wrote, it was because Mark Victor Hansen told me to write it. So oh, my wow. book writing career, I met Mark Victor Hansen, and I said I'm a I'm a business coach and a speaker. And I think probably in his head he was like, wah, wah, wah. Right? <laughs> so was so everybody else. So he said, so instead of saying that and just leaving, he he said, to differentiate yourself, you need to write a book. And I'm thinking to myself, dude, I barely graduated high school. I didn't go to college. Like, I'm not a writer, right, instantly. And he – I. For whatever reason, like he was sent to me, he was an angel for me, and he said, if you have a speech that you give that people like, take that and that's your first book. So I went, okay, well, if Mark Victor Hansen said I could do it, I can do it, and I wrote my first book. The reason that I wrote The Successful Single Mom, which is the book you're talking about, is because I was getting remarried. I was through the tunnel. I was through the yucky stuff. I was through, and I don't know if you've read Eat, Pray, Love, where Elizabeth Gilbert describes being face down in the tile. <laughs> That was, was my like, favorite part of the book. Yeah, yeah. so I was, yeah, I had been through the face down in the snot and tears phase, and I was through the other side, and I was happily engaged in getting remarried, and yet I, you, once you're a single mom, you have a heart for single mom. I think I was a foster kid, so I have a heart for foster kids. Once you've been through something, you have a heart for people that are in the same position. So if your kid has cancer and survives, you have a heart for people who have kids with cancer. If you're a breast cancer survivor, you stay in with those people because you understand that they are your people. And so for me, I'm inspired because I've been through things. I'm inspired to then go back and say, oh, gosh, you know what? I've been through that. And I don't want any other person to kind of have to sit and marinate and figure out what's the formula. I figured out what works for me. So I don't think I'm the expert. I think I'm the expert on what worked for me. And then when I shared it with other people, they said, wow, that really works for me too. So I worked with seven single moms to write the successful single mom book because I thought, well, what if it's only the thing that worked for me and then that doesn't work? So let me help other people and see if my process could help other people and it seems to. And so that's where I figure if I have a problem, and I've heard this, inventors will say this or people who encourage others to invent things, they'll say, if, if you have a problem, someone else has a problem. Mm-hmm. If you go to the grocery store and you think that putting your kid in the grocery cart is gross and disgusting, somebody else thinks that that's gross and disgusting. So someone made a bajillion dollars making one of those boppy things to put over the cart in the grocery store. I just went a million times and was like, yeah, it's kind of gross putting my kid in there. Mm, I guess I'll give her a bath. You know, she'll build up a good immune system, whatever. I didn't think about it from the lightning strike perspective, but everything we use, earphones, Right? Yeah. But he said, I want to listen to music that doesn't bother other people. The reading light. I want to read in bed, but I don't want to wake up my husband. Everything was brought to be because there was a problem. And if one person has the problem, other people have the problem. That's why we are entrepreneurs, right? We figure out solutions and then we share them with the world. And so my mechanism, one of my mechanisms to do that is through book writing. And so now what happens is people give me books to write. Wow. <laughs> they give me book titles and I go, well, that's kind of really good. I'll have to figure out how to write a book about that. <laughs> that's amazing. And isn't it interesting? Because I bet you if I would have asked you this question, let's say even like 10 years ago, would you have ever seen yourself in this space doing no, this ma'am. kind of work? No, ma'am. No, <laughs> nope, nope. I wasn't, in, I wasn't a writer, remember, 10 years ago? Right. Yeah. Right. No, 10 years ago, I was in a completely different space. I had no... I had no idea. And so when someone says, where do you see yourself five or ten years from now? I will say I see where I see myself five or ten years from now, but heck, I don't know. Yeah. That's what's going to happen. I just Gosh. know it's going to be good. 
Yeah. You you're you are so inspiring and and you can be more right because you were talking about how once once you're a single mom that you have like this heart and this compassion for single moms and you know I'm also a single mom too and and your story resonates a lot with mine. I got married at 16 and divorced by 26. And very, became, that's very efficient. <laughs> I know, right? It's very, it's very and, effective. As a coach, <laughs> I appreciate your efficiency. That's very good. <laughs> That's the first time I've heard anybody say it like that. I love it. Yep. And 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 an empty nester by 36 on top nice. of that. Nice. You know, some people don't even do that stuff till they're in their 60s. Like, way to go. So, holy crap, you're right. I am definitely efficient. You are a top. You are a top achiever. You're just getting it done. And and by the way, I'm only 20. I'm kidding. <laughs> a lot of people say to me, "Are you sure oh, you don't want anything past 20?" I'm like, "Yeah." yeah. Right. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but but you're right. You're right. I know that for a very long time because I coach too, and I know that at the beginning of my coaching, nobody ever told me this, but it was something that was kind of self-induced, I guess, this ideology that I'm a coach now, so I have to be perfect. I can't be wrong. I have to know what I'm talking about. I have to be positive, right? Yeah. And when I tried to put on that facade. It was very overwhelming and stressful for me because, again, nobody told me to do this. I did it myself, and I found out later that I was creating this, this, you know, imposter that didn't need to be there. Because here's what happened: I was just okay at what I did, and people liked me, but it wasn't enough to like go, "Oh my gosh, I want to be a part of her community." It's like they liked me, but that was really it. It was the moment I became more transparent and more authentic with my voice and I said, I'm scared today, guys, and I'm telling you that I'm depressed. Or I've gained 15 pounds because, you know, of something that happened to me and I don't know what to do with myself and I'm letting the world know. Yeah. Or I'm afraid I came out of the closet about this thing that happened to me and I want to share it with the world and please don't judge me, uh, but this is, you know, what happened. And the more and more I did that, more and more people started digging their heels in, in the, my corner of the world with me. And they were like, me too. Thank you yeah. for sharing that story. Now you've given me the courage to also be honest about something that has happened to me. And so it was domestic abuse. It was sexual abuse. Mm. It was parental alienation. I mean, yeah. a lot of different things, depression, mm. suicide. So, you know, Honore, um, what would you say is is the one biggest takeaway that you've learned in your life, your 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 entire journey here, from everything you've done before up until this point? What is like this one takeaway that if if you were to impart something on somebody today, and they're like, I only have five minutes with you, please give me something to work with. What would you say is the biggest thing that has helped you to move through your fear? The biggest thing that has helped me move through my fear has been the authenticity of the people that, what you were saying, while you were talking, I was thinking authenticity is so attractive. And so it's, it's, and it's recent. It's not long. It hasn't been long that it's been happening for me. But I finally just decided to stop caring so much what other people thought and just be okay with who I am. And I had the same revelation as a coach. I had that whole, I have to be perfect. Everything is perfect all the time. Like <laughs> Coaches are always, I would say, do you have a bad day? And I was like, well, yeah, but I'm never going to let you see it. Like, <laughs> are you kidding? Like, what do you mean? And I would have bad evening after bad evening after a bad evening, but everybody thought that I was always super happy. And I am genuinely super happy. 
96% of the time. Mm -hmm. But I am a little snarky and a little sarcastic and a little cranky on occasion. And I'm sure my husband would say I'm biatchy a few days <laughs> here and there. Not out loud he wouldn't say it, but I'm sure he might say it to himself. <laughs> right? Right. It's just being okay with who you are, and if you have something knocking on your heart, be okay with that, and let the world and let the world do what the world's going to do with it. Be unapologetic for who you are, to not only everyone else, but mostly to yourself. Right. Everyone's on a journey. Everyone's dealing with something all the time. Everyone has something that's bothering them today, whether it's traffic was too much or they just lost someone, like either to death or they ended a friendship or a relationship or something. Everyone's dealing with something. And so just be kind to yourself because you're dealing with something and be kind to others because they're dealing with something. And I was just uh, saw a feed on Facebook, somebody who's becoming like really successful in podcasting. He got his kind of first nasty gram. Like I didn't ask for this feedback and someone gave it. It's like, what should I do? And everybody was, some people were like, respond mean, you know, tell them to F off or whatever. And some people were like, respond with love, and they quoted scripture, right? And I was like, I just respond with thank you for your feedback. Right. You know, because who knows what the driving force of that was. When someone is not fully awesome, there's a reason. And then when you recognize that and you see that, then you can see that in yourself and recognize you're not going to be fully awesome all the time either, and that's okay. And it's our warts that connect us. It's the stories that we tell where we see ourselves and we go, Oh, I see myself in that person. They were also afraid. They've also had a bad day. They were also a cancer survivor, foster kid, divorcee, single mom, single dad, you know, laid off, fired, indicted, whatever, right. <laughs> whatever, right? And so we see ourselves in other people, and that, and then we see their humanity, and that allows us to embrace our humanity. Yeah, and I love and I love the response that you gave for that uh, that nasty gram because I agree with you. There, there's that lovely quote by Ann Landers. She says, um, "Hanging on to resentment is like letting somebody you despise live in your head rent free." And the reason I love that one so much is because even if there's somebody being negative to you, they're still giving energy to you. So they must somewhat like you to spend that much time. Right. Well, love and hate are twin sisters. Exactly. Love and hate are twin sisters. If you truly don't care, the opposite of love is apathy. The opposite of hate yeah. is apathy. Love and hate are twin sisters. It's why people who love each other fight. Because <laughs> you're yeah. like, I'm so mad at you because I love you so much. Right. And, and also, too, it's very easy in today's world to send you an email. Yeah. And give oh, me yeah. what for, right? But if you're not going to give me, if you wouldn't show up at my front door, and don't show up at my front door, but because um, <laughs> I don't have anything in the oven, I would bake cookies if I knew you were coming. But if you have something to say, like be willing to show up in front of someone and say, this is what I think and this is why right. from a productive space. If you're not willing to do that, then don't press the send button. Yeah, yeah. And, and your response shows so much character. It's thank you for your feedback. You know, well, no, I think no it also no takes no nothing. I think it takes courage for people to speak their mind also. Absolutely it does. I think it does. Yeah. Even if that even if that courage is is venomous, it's fueled by, fueled by venom almost, right. right? Or some kind of a negative emotion. I think it still does take courage because right. most of the time 
people have apathy. They have a bad experience. They're not going to say something to you. They are just going to go away. They're going to vote with their presence. Right. Right. Yeah. I love it. So it's that time of the hour where I ask you the magic question. Uh-oh. <laughs> Are you ready for the magic question? I don't think so. <laughs> you know, pass. Got it. Then I'm going to ask it. Pass. That's even better. Okay. <laughs> oh, wait. My Google connection dropped out. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, really? Is that right? Right at this moment. No, I can see you doing shh. <laughs> You forget, this isn't a phone call. This is a Google Hangout oh, on air. Nice try. On. Okay. Nice try. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I'm just going to sit here and I'm still laughing at you all day. You're awesome. Seriously, you're so, you. so hilarious. Thank you. Thank and by you. the way, I'm snarky and sarcastic too. And for okay. those who don't know me well, it can be pretty intimidating and annoying at times. Well, my husband says to me all the time, not everyone thinks you're funny. And I was like, exactly. well, I can't help them. I don't know what to say. <laughs> Two peas in a pod, you and me. Yes. Two peas in a yes. pod. I cannot help the people who do not so, think you're funny. I don't know what to say to that. So you're still dodging what I'm about to ask. Yes, yeah, I know. I did, and you're but still here we go. with it. But here okay. we go. Okay. All right. I'm ready. I'm ready. So bring it now. <laughs> so right now, I mean, you have written a shit ton of books. You've made so much happen in your life. You've gone through a lot of fear. You've gotten to the other side of it. You've been very, very successful, according to a lot of people who who have who have experienced you helping them transform their lives. But Honoree, I, I know that day in and day out, we're still going to have some fear, right? That's never going to go away. So. As we sit here today in this candid conversation, what is freaking the shit out of you right now at this moment? Well, so I am, I'm a mom and I have a 14 year old daughter who I love with every ounce of me. And I told her the other day, I said, every time I know I'm going to see you, I smile. I feel that way about my husband too, incidentally. Um, but every time, like when she, I can know she's coming and she's going to be opening the door, like I genuinely get excited that I get to see her. And what's freaking me out is that somehow I'm going to fail her because I didn't have great parental role models or I haven't read the right book or I haven't spent enough time with her because I've been pursuing my career, even though I think I do a dandy job of balancing things. That's my fear is that she's going to grow up and go, Mom, why didn't you do X for me? What, where, why is there this gap in my life? That's, that's the thing that freaks me out the most. Because none of it is important. Success is not important. Money is not important. Where you go is not important. It's at the end of the day. It's the people that are closest to you. Do they think you're awesome? Right? So if somebody came up to you and, and responded with that answer, how would you coach them through something like this? I would tell them to go hug their kid and ask their kid what they need. What do you need from me today? That's what I ask her. How would you like to spend today with me? If I could take a few hours and spend it with you, what would you do with me? That's beautiful. That's what I would say. Because that's what I do, and it seems it seems to be working. But we'll see. I mean, she's 14, so you know she's a she's a teenage girl. Everybody. So pray for me. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 
I'm there with you. I, I trust that you're oh. doing the best you can. What what I always, you know, say say to people anytime I've ever talked about like my fears as a mom, it's you know, I did the best I could with what I had, you know, at that time. Yeah. And every every phase in your life you have different things, right? You sure. have different resources from which you can pull out things to support you through that. But it's hard. I would I would say being a mom is the number one hardest job in the world oh, yes. to do. <laughs> and we don't yeah. get paid for it. Yes, and the other thing too is with if with you know, psychological BS, right? The the oh I'm not an author until book six. I'm not a writer until the editor of Ladies Home Journal tells me I am, right? Then oh okay, so they say it's okay. I don't want to give her that gift of self doubt. So every day I'm trying to feed her with self-confidence and help her to see that she's amazing and she doesn't need someone else to tell her that she can tell herself that. I don't want her to inherit that glitch that I have in my software, if that makes sense. Right. But I, I think the, the beautiful lesson in this, even though that is something we don't ever want for our kids, the beauty in it is deficiencies and imperfections and all you still have come to a place in your life where you've seen such a great level of, and I'm just going to say success, obviously in the context of what I'm saying here, but you've seen such a great level of success despite all the things you talked about, you know, barely finished school, I don't have an education in this, I wasn't good at that, you know, I'm not tall enough, I'm not, you know, male enough or whatever, whatever you know, yeah. we had, it's because we weren't those things that made our stories even more powerful. And I think the beauty here is despite knowing that and how wonderful life can be even with all of those things that can get in our way, we still will have fear that we're not going to be good enough. I don't think that's ever going to go away. No. I think, and I think if anything, that actually gives me a sense of relief for all of us here, right, who are showing up and trying to do this yeah. good work. Yeah. Because it means that there's, we're not doing anything wrong. <laughs> you know, we're that's not. Right. Seriously, doing okay. anything wrong—that's just the yeah. way it is. Yeah, you know, to yeah. be human and to be in this world. But yes, um, with that, thank you for sharing all of that information yes. with us and, and the truth yeah. and the the transparency and the authenticity. Yeah. I mean, honor you are just—you are. And by the way, you've got the coolest name. <laughs> like, seriously. I do now. When I was in school, it wasn't the coolest name. Aww. You can do all kinds of things with that name. Oh no, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna make you do that here. Don't do that. That. Won't, that won't be the second magic That's, question of the. Yeah, the second, yeah. What's the, What's your biggest fear that you're gonna make me pronounce my, <laughs> the funny names that I was called in school? Um. <laughs> but now look at you. It's working for you. So. Well, I, could, I can't get away with anything. I can't say. Well, the other honoree did it. Like really, and who's that, and where does she live? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> nice yes. try. Exactly. Like the other Bernie did it. How often it's, have you said that? That's true. Your Actually, Wasn't that is me. True. It was the other Scott. <laughs> that is true. The other Amy did it. Oh, okay. Yeah, you can't even like throw him off the scent for a minute. Right. Yeah. Right. We're totally You're... disgusted, so we have to behave ourselves. That's we what do. I do. We do. <laughs> well, only four percent of the time. The other ninety-six percent of the time, we can be ourselves. We can be okay. bad. We can be naughty. So anyway, I promised everybody this wouldn't be a nine-hour show, but I do know that you have so many amazing stories to tell. Let's pimp you out a little bit for our okay. viewers and listeners. If they wanted to find out about more about you and your work, uh, where would they go to find that information on me? Um, they could go to coachonore.com or they could um, look for my Amazon author page. 
And they awesome. could like my Amazon offer page too if they were so inclined. That's well, I'm fun. I'm so gonna personally go do that right yeah, now. Yeah, go do that right now. <laughs> <laughs> what What do you have coming up, or what are you working on that we can be expecting? Um, so I so this year I have published um, Vision to Reality, which is my book for entrepreneurs. And then if divorce is a game, these are the rules. If you have a divorce in your life or in the recent past, I am working on a book right now called Business Dating. And it's the correlation, really? yes, and I'm drawing the correlation between how people date personally effectively and create mutually beneficial win-win, potentially lifelong relationships, although that's not necessary, right? But in relationships, we generally want to get with someone and be with someone whether we marry them or not. It's a mutually beneficial relationship where we stay together, although I, I, I know... I know some people have different opinions on marriage, so I'm not saying we have to get married and be married for 50 years, but that's kind of the the effective way that we have seen people do it. And then there's the, hey, what are you doing? You look like you have a nice rack. Let's get out of here dating, which has a different outcome, a different feel, a different energy, right? And it, and it feels differently to both parties. And so I'm correlating that to how people business date or network. Oh, my gosh. And so some people will meet you on the very first time, and they'll say, well, who do you know that I need to know? And, and I want to know these all these people on your LinkedIn, and, and I want you to hire me, and I want you to refer me. And it's like, dude, I just met you. I am not going to take off my pants. It's like, settle down. Like, <laughs> oh, setting a reasonable expectation for people in dating. So that's the book I'm working on I right now. I can't wait for that book because I'll tell you, girl, right now that is happening so much all over social media and I'm getting totally. so, because I, I just call it spam. That's just spam to me. But you're yeah. right. Let's have yeah. real conversations and let's ask yeah. each other, you know, what I can help you with before we start, you know, putting our hands out and taking. Well, and, so. it's, and also it's, I don't know how I can help you during our first date. I don't know if I want to have a second date with you. And when I have the second and third and fifth date, do I want to be in a relationship with you that's for a reason, a season, or a lifetime? And so figuring all of those things out does not happen in the first date. And so I literally met some people a couple of weeks ago, and they were like, hey, so we've gone through your LinkedIn profile. You're very well connected. We want to know some of these people that you know. And so here's a list of people that we want you to introduce us to. And I was like, Seriously? And it, and I and obviously that happened because I'm working on a book about it, so I needed an introduction. For my I, book. I seriously love that. I needed a story for chapter two. Um, so that's what I'm working on right now is is just working through how to help people to get in relationships better because okay. we are taught. You know, well, do you know any other show hosts that are having podcasts that I should be on their podcast? And why don't you introduce me like right now today? And that's just silly. Right. right During that first conversation. Right, if, if it makes sense, the right people will refer you like like Correct. Andrea did. I mean, right. I'm sure you didn't go, hey, Andrea, give me a list of 20 different podcasts. You know, I'm sure. Well, I did, not. but I've known her for for 10 years. I've right. had a conversation with her every week for 10 years. And right. she said, would you ever like to know that? And I was like, yeah, girl, hook me up. Right. Of course. But and you, and you guys you guys mastermind on a weekly basis. So you have the rapport. Right. You have the yeah. relationship. It wasn't just out of the blue. Hey, give me a list of 20 you know, podcasts. You know, it was, yeah. okay, so what are we working on talking about today? Oh, you want to get on a podcast. Okay, who should I talk to, Andrea? Right. You know, and right. And you're right. I think the conversation needs to be organic, and the people who are referring you need to genuinely believe that you're the right fit for the person they want to introduce yeah. you to. 
Yes, yes. Rather, as opposed to the quick and dirty. Exactly. Who, who can you, what can you give me? Like, what's the quick, what's the quick fix? The fast and, cash. And because both sides are going to feel used and taken advantage of. True. And, and so I don't think that that's effective. So as a coach, and you're a coach, so you understand this. I'm not about good, bad, right, or wrong. I'm about effective or ineffective. And when someone comes at me with, well, who's your financial advisor? Who's your CPA? Who's doing your tax planning? Who's doing your estate planning? On the first date, where, where are you banking? I'm like, wow. Um, how about no? How about no? I'm not even getting, I, don't, I don't even want to have the discussion with you because now I know you're transactional, not relational, and I'm a relational person. So I don't, I actually run from people who are transactional. Right. I'm so, so that's what I'm you. working on. That's what I'm working on. Well, right, it's, a, it's a beautiful close to where, how we open the conversation about you, you know, doing transformational work because you're right. You are definitely not a transactional person. And, and I would say 99.9% .9 of the people I've had here on the show, and I've talked to more than a hundred entrepreneurs on mm -hmm. the show, they were just like you. Um, I, I also ran away from the opportunities to interview people who talked about being on national television. They have a huge following, but if there was something in their bio that just didn't sit right with me on a ray, I'd be like, you know, oh, don't do it. Like my gut would yeah. say, don't do yeah. it. We want transformational people here, yeah. not the quick and dirty, you know, get rich overnight kind of. You know, and Hal said to me, I said that on a call with him and he goes, did Honoré Quarter just say quick and dirty? And I'm like, yes, she did. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she did. You are awesome. Well, re remind us again one more time what your website is again, Honoré. Uh, Coach Honoré, C-O-A-C-H-H-O-N-O-R-E-E.com. .com. But awesome. I'm going to be one of the cool kids soon. I'm getting a new website done. It'll be honorayquarter.com. So I think you can actually go there and it takes you to the old place. But I, okay. I said recently that all the cool kids have their name. Yeah their website and I was like I need to be a cool kid too. Okay. I love it. I did the same thing too. Yeah, my my first website it had the word coaching in it somewhere. I I didn't know. I mean I knew nothing right. about that. Yeah, right. right. What do you know? I just took my own name later on and it oh. made sense. So, yeah. awesome. Well, Honore, thank you so much for joining us on the Shut Up Show. I know our viewers and listeners when we do the replay of this and when we include the show notes with everything we talked about and all the links to get to all of your information. I know they're going to absolutely love it, but those who were able to join us live and watch the live recording, which is one of the coolest things about the show is people can sit here and listen to us have the live conversation and see that it's not edited and not like, oh. you know, censored or anything. I love it. Um, they're going to, they're going to also agree that this was a very, informational and especially inspirational conversations. So thank you so much for joining me. It was such Thank a you. We'll do it again. We'll do it Absolutely. again. Absolutely. That's a promise. Okay. The That's next good. time you write another book. So I'll be talking to you like 12 times a year, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. I'm in. <laughs> All right, guys. That's another edition of the Shut Up Show. I'll check you guys out next week. Thanks for joining. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Shut Up Show. The Shut Up Show is sponsored by The Amazing Cells. That's S-E-L-Z dot com. Seriously simple selling. Get instant access to download a free copy of our 18-page ebook, The Solopreneur's Guide for Shutting Up and Making Shit Happen. Simply go to our website at theshutupshow.com slash subscribe and join other brave entrepreneurs who are shutting up and making shit happen. If you believe in The Shut Up Show and this platform has helped you shut up and make shit happen, please head on over to iTunes 
search for The Shut Up Show in the podcast section and leave us an honest star rating and review. Your feedback will help us to gauge what we're doing well and where we need to continue to improve. The ratings and reviews help us to continue to bring on amazing sponsors like Cells so that we can deliver weekly episodes to you for free. So your feedback does matter. Thank you for helping us and supporting us.